Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Days. I am Sarah Wright Olson. And I am Teresa Palma. What's up, daisies? How's it going? Sarah and I have done this intro about three times because we keep talking at the same time. Guys, we're new to this. We're only like a number of episodes in. And I'm like, do you talk? Do I talk? Technical difficulties are always just, it's just part of my existence. It's like anybody in my life, um, in my family, they'll come to me and be like, oh, can you, you're really techie. And I'm like, I'm not techie. I just have to read so much about technical stuff because I can't figure anything out unless I like read the blogs about it, right? I so, feel like uh, tech breaks around me. Like I walk into a room and everything's like, it's like melts because I'm so bad with tech stuff. I'm really terrible. I have to tell everybody that when we were writing our book, um, Teresa was writing the book on her iPhone or iPad in the back of an RV, like traveling acro across America. But when we first started our blog, she used to have this like really janky old laptop. And then she had like a, um, like a, one of those keyboards that plugged into the laptop. But yeah. It was like, there was funny something story. like twice removed. <laughs> this is, this is the funny story. So I had an at home Kalima board which is like an enema board, like a D <laughs> DYI. And you like put it in and you put your legs up and you insert the little thing up the butt and the water goes and it's just like, it all comes out. And I, you, you meant to oh sit God. on this thing for about 60 minutes. And so I would sit and like have it all flow out of me and I would have my laptop on my lap. But what you have to do is you have to have a bucket of water for the pressure up higher than you and one day I was like typing on my laptop and the bucket of water fell on me and it, it was a no. disaster like poo went everywhere water went everywhere like my butt was like like water poo mixture just like flying out going into the shower all over the ground I was like ah! but what I didn't realize was that the water got on my laptop and so about four keys didn't work, but because I was such a tight ass, I didn't want to buy a new laptop. So what I did was like, oh, I know, I'll go to a secondhand store and just get a big old plug-in keyboard and I'll just carry that around with me. So I would carry a laptop with a keyboard on top. And Sarah was like, I had this for about six years. Sarah was like, I think you've made enough money now. I was like shooting movie after movie at this point. She's like, that <laughs> I think it's okay for you to buy a new laptop, one with a keyboard mm -hmm. that actually works. So you don't have to carry this whole thing. It's my, it's my mentality. You haven't actually even done that. Like you don't own a laptop. No. Like right now you're on a, you're on like a, home computer screen that you've like plugged all this stuff into and like are crossing your fingers mm. that all of it's going to work because you still mm. haven't done that. But the thing that killed yes. me was that you, the keyboard was like twice the size of the laptop. It was huge, <laughs> you guys. It was like always sticking out of her backpack or her like bag as she'd have her like laptop in there. But then this like massive keyboard would be just kind of like poking out and then I have this long cord and I'd be like, what are you doing? 
Do you know what? what it was it? the way I was brought up because I grew up and my mom and I, we lived in government housing. We just sort of, I had to be the MacGyver of the house. We had to make things work. Like my mom was on a disability pension, so we didn't have a lot of money. So it was like, figure out, even if something is so broken, figure out how to fix it. We were the people that had the coat hanger sticking out the top of the TV to try and get signal because we didn't want to pay for cable. And there were so many things in my life, like holes in the walls. I would just figure out a way how to patch it myself using like a balloon and I'd get really creative. And so I think the mentality carried on with me and I started working and earning money, but I wouldn't spend it. I was like, like, I just could not spend it because I was like, I have to save. I have to save. I might go broke. But luckily, I've moved through that. And now it's the other way. And I'm like, I have to save. I have to save. Like, I I am so bad at saving now. I never have savings. I just don't have savings. <laughs> you've gone. You've done, like, the pendulum swing. I do think that that is a good, like, that's a good quality to have is that, that thing where you're trying to be. But also, just, like, utilizing. It's too bad how quickly technology kind of like goes kerplunk on us um, because it feels so wasteful when you're like getting rid of your laptop or sending it back for parts or like whatever it is. It's just like, why am I constant? I feel like every few years I'm having to invest into something. So it's a, it's like great that you did that for so long where you were plugging in that external keyboard. But I do think that there is, um, there's like, the, you know, you can pick and choose. Yeah, there's a happy, there's definitely a happy medium. We have such an amazing guest today. We are Ashley so excited. <laughs> Ashley Tisdale, we're so excited. Hi, she's Ashley. A mom boss. She's a, she's a mom of one, a little girl. Um, she has her own business. She is, you will know her from many things like high school musical. Um, and oh my gosh, I'm fangirling right now. It's so exciting to meet yeah. you. And I, I feel like we have lots of mutual friends and I've certainly yeah. heard of you over the years. Um, and then I've been seeing so many inspiring posts. You are so beautifully open and vulnerable and you talk about your parenting journey and mental health and you're advocating for women. And I just want to say thank you so much for all of that incredible work. Um, and we could not be more excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, guys. So I was reading about uh, like a, a motherhood interview that somebody was doing with you and they were talking a little bit about um they're asking you about how motherhood has been for you so far and you were talking about just the hardships of it and I love that you were focusing on that postpartum period and talking about just like this um time right after you have baby and you think like oh it's gonna be so blissful and Teresa and I talk about this all the time just with you know, the, the pregnancy journey, the birthing journey, and then this fourth trimester time when you're bleeding and you're sweating. And like, I'm somebody who bleeds for almost six full weeks after I have a baby. I have like such big babies. And it almost, it's like the moment the bleeding stops and then I like have a week break and then my period starts again, which does not happen for everyone, but that's what happens to me. So it's just like, I feel like I'm dealing with so much <laughs> bleeding and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, great. Now I have my period. Okay. Life's back to normal. I could get pregnant in like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I love that you were talking about 
um, your postpartum journey. So how has motherhood been for you? Um, how old is your little one now? She is a year old. Um, oh my God. No, it really does go by fast. Like everybody says. I know. Um, but my oh, postpartum no. journey has been, um, has been amazing, but also like, you know, very up and down. Um, I think that one of the things recently that I have gone through, um, because I'm so open with my mental health and like, I definitely do have Mm -hmm. anxiety and have suffered from depression in the past. Um, because of that, I have like the tools that I feel that when I am feeling like a flare up, Mm -hmm. I usually just like rely on those tools. And recently I did have a flare up and I think it was just probably like, you know, the fourth trimester that I had blogged about and wrote about on Frenchie was that no one really like got me prepared for that part. And like, I think there was Mm -hmm. one friend of mine and I have a lot of friends Mm -hmm. and a sister who had a baby and like, no one told me that it's actually the worst part, like worse than labor. And she was so (laughs) right. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Um, But I just think that sometimes like with me, I have been someone, I'm really actually surprised by myself as a mom because I actually am like less, I thought I'd be having anxiety about Jupiter, about everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm more actually like free flowing and being like, she's fine. Like babies are like totally fine. If they like, you know, hit onto the floor sometimes, like I'm very much like they're resilient, you know? And so I'm actually more like letting go in that area. But I what I, what I recently thought was that I, I think that I had a lot, like a really hard time letting go of my old self. And mm. I think that it's like, you're ever changing mm-hmm. in this period and it feels like a maze and it feels like you're trying to find who you are. And I think that that was mm. really surprising. And, um, yeah. again, not something that people can really prepare you for because I've always just known who I, who i I am as a person and Mm -hmm. I've always known like what I want to do in life and then to have the baby and you're like who am I (laughs) like who am I now and like you're like wait yeah and like where do you exist in that like suddenly your mother (laughs) exactly like figuring out like what how to do things that you did normally but like you'll never do them again the same way because you're a mom now like that is that is who you are And I think at first I was like really trying to figure out like, oh, I can still do this stuff and work and, you know, balance it all. But it's, it's difficult to balance it all. It's hard and not, um, it's not like the easiest thing to get to, but I have to say like it, it, it's taking me this long to finally be like, oh, okay. Like I did have a little bit of grief when it came to thinking of like who I used to be and like grieving who that person was. Like I even say to my husband, like, what did we do on the weekends before we had the baby? (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't remember. (laughs) I was like, what, what did I do? Yes. It's like, what is that? But it's like, it's just, it's all wrapped up with so many different feelings because you're so happy. You have this little baby and like, she brings you so much happiness. So you don't even realize you're going like to me, I just didn't realize I was going through this identity thing. And, um, I finally, yeah, was able to be like, oh yeah, that stage of life is done for me. And that's like 
okay, and this could be maybe even better than that stage of life. And it's really just like finding that. And I think that's been Mm -hmm. all really kind of interesting and surprising and um, just a ride. It's been a ride, I would say. (laughs) I love that. I think it's so rare for people to come out and talk about like, where am I? Like, where am I in this new identity, in this new label, in this new season of my life? Like, where do I fit in this? And what, what color am I now? Like before I was doing A, B and C and now I've shifted into this whole new Mm -hmm. realm of my life. And how do I exist within that? Or like the birth of this new person and what, what, who is she? What does she like? What does she need? How can I show up for her? Um, and it's funny how much that shifts, but not a lot of people talk about that. Yeah. A lot of people talk yeah. about postpartum blues and postpartum anxiety and sleepless nights and trying mm-hmm. to uh, establish a latch with your baby. But what about the identity crisis yeah. when yeah. moving from like not being a mother into this motherhood journey. What about and, that? So and beautifully explained. And I love that you really took a look at that. And we were so willing to openly share your experiences. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, also, you look at that and you, you think about relationships too. It's like, what's my, I, I went through this um, with my friends and with my husband, but it's like, you know, what, with my relationship with my partner now, like that looks different right after you have a baby. And you, you, it's also, you know, the, the thing where we talk about all the time that like the society says that we have to multitask and like do all these things and balance all these things and make them all happen. And like when you become a new mother, it's all, the multitask is really hard at first and the balance is, is even harder. And so you're trying to make space for a lot of space for the new baby also for yourself and then it's my partner too and that's something in my like mommy and me group they always talked about um like don't forget about your partner there's like so much going on my boobs are huge they really hurt I'm leaking everywhere I'm still bleeding like it's hard for me to think about my partner or about you know anyone else in my life even my friends it's like hard to connect and write text messages and like all this stuff and so Um, I think it's so great to talk about that because for everybody listening who's a new mom or if you're about to have a new baby, it's totally normal to have these feelings and it's okay to feel blue after when you're going, well, am I still the same girl who can like go out to dinner at 10 p.m. and party until two with my friends and stay up and play cards. Like, sure, you could do that at some point. Maybe not like right this moment. Yeah. Um, but you can you can also gr- grieve that time or say like maybe I'm shifting into some new person that I'm really loving more, you know, or, or mm-hmm. and there's some different elements with her that I'm that I find um that, that I connect more to, like, this is my mommyhood, but I'm also going to find myself in my, my mommyhood. Right. Yeah. It was so interesting too, because it's like, I've, you know, I've been in this business since I was three years old. So I've worked my whole life. And, um, and so the pandemic has been like the longest period of time I've ever had off in my life. And, and not even like ever had off. I still was working on things like behind the scenes, <laughs> yeah. like blogging and, and creating Frenchie and stuff. But, um, but one of the things that, you know, 
that I, I, my part of my identity is that I, I love to work and my job has always mm-hmm. been like my priority. And like, so I think that once I had the baby, I was like, okay, cool. Like now I can jump back into work. But then I was like, oh yeah, but you know, I'm actually like really enjoying being with her <laughs> like a lot more than I was like really finding these things that I just was surprising myself about. Like even, um, you know, I had COVID in December and I was isolated for eight days in my room and um, thankfully Jupiter didn't get it and my husband didn't get it. But in those eight days, I, it was so kind of like, to me, just like a learning lesson of, of like mm-hmm. just a lesson of, of, you know, kind of obviously going through COVID and just being like, okay. And there's things that I just was like, oh my God, like the only thing I could think about in those moments were just my baby. That is literally mm-hmm. all I craved to be with. All I wanted to be with was Jupiter. I mean, my husband too, but I really was just like, this is so hard for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I've obviously been away from my husband doing like, you know, a movie or a TV stuff. And so it's like, but those eight days being away from her was just so tough. And I really was like, oh my God, like I am a mom first and then everything comes second. And that was like, I think mm-hmm. to be honest, weirdly, like my moment of being like, this is who I am, <laughs> you know, like a really yeah. in that Stepping way. into and that was, new identity. And yes. that real, like the realization, the download from the universe, like, oh, this is who I am. And this is yes. what like sparks joy in me. And it's yeah, okay it's that like- priorities have shifted. We all know how busy life gets being a parent. And it really doesn't leave a whole lot of room for other things like logistics and finances. But did you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Check this out. Okay, so imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, think of all the cash back that you would get on boxes of pasta. I mean, that's what Esme loves or uh, bags of chips. Me, I love that. Well, NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. This was such a game changer for me. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? I could think of a few things. How about a getaway with your girlfriends or a nice little weekend with your partner? Or how about a spa day with some hot stones? <laughs> Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Guys, you know what we always say at the Mother Days, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's why nourishing ourselves with beautiful, healthy meals is so important so that you can fill yourself up and then tend to the needs of everyone else in your family. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled and feeling good 
all day long. You have over 35 different options to choose from every single week so you never get bored with the food choices. And you know how crazy it is during the week trying to like prep meals and you got to run the kids to their different games and like after school activities. Well, the cool thing about Factor is they have these two-minute meals so they're ready to serve, heat up whenever that you need to. They have everything from like pancakes, smoothies, a wide variety of easy options for breakfast, midday bites, whatever it is that you need to do to like make it fit for your family. There's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup needed. Um, It's very flexible for your schedule. And you know that I love a coupon. Like I love saving money. Well, they have this sign up and save and they've done the math. So Factor is way less expensive than takeout food. And every meal is dietitian approved and nutritious and delicious. So guys, head to factormeals.com slash motherdays50 and use code motherdays50 to get 50% off. That's days with a Z-E. That's code motherdays50 at factormeals.com slash motherdays50 to get 50% off. Yeah. I can relate to that. I think Sarah and I, we we have this common thread (laughs) that we talk about in terms of how to reconcile like us as performers and creators and being in films and TV, but also having these big families that we love and we are the heads of our families and we show up for our kids and we meet their needs every day, yet there's still the, the desire, that creative pull to still be in the industry. And it's how do you balance those things and what does that look like? What, what do we have to shift in order to embrace all of those things and find that organic balance and that organic flow within those things? Um, but it's difficult. Oh, my goodness. It is difficult. And sometimes I feel like we get it right and we're, oh, wow, we're really juggling all these things and it seems to be flowing quite well. And then other times the multitask just is not working and we're solely focused on one thing or the other. <laughs> Well, I definitely don't. I mean, it's like, I am amazed that you guys have so many kids because I have one and I'm like, (laughs) it's like, I don't know if I could handle three. (laughs) And I'm like, it's amazing what you guys do with handling like tons of children. (laughs) Oh my God. We just laugh. Like people, people laugh at, at me. I mean, four is pretty significant. Three is probably a more normal number. But like, I have to say the jump from three to four wasn't that big. Like once you've got had three, it's like, <laughs> all right, that is a, that's a significant amount of children. You are definitely, we have two yeah. parents and we have three kids, like we're outnumbered already. Um, but yeah. it is, you know, yeah. we always talk about, we just embrace the chaos. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be imperfect. It's going to be messy. It's not... You know, those like the highlight reel of your life that you see on people's Instagrams, like it's not that way. That isn't reality. It's just some days are great. Some days are really challenging. Teresa and I, uh, we flew to Jackson Hole one time as as like our, (laughs) the moms and then all the kids, right? And so there was like, I think at that time it was like five kids or six kids. I'm not sure. Yeah, I had poet, baby poet. You had poet. Oh, okay, okay. So I think we had five kids. Um, But we were going through the airport. All the kids were like, you know, on their scooter backpacks. And we were like trying to grab food at 
Starbucks and then we were getting to the gate and like there was we had to change diapers and like there was so much chaos happening. Then we get on the plane. We're like flying on the plane. There's this crazy amount of turbulence and Teresa and I think that we're going to die on the airplane and like the flaps of like the things are are coming out and like suitcases are flying and people are screaming and all of our children thank God had headphones on and we're watching movies so thank God for the fact that they were zombies watching (laughs) movies because they did not realize that how horrifying it got in the air but then of course Teresa and I are like sobbing I mean I'm sobbing she's not really crying and I can't really see her and I'm like trying to wave her down and be like are we gonna die and then <laughs> and, then and we, I was like at least we would die happy we would yeah die with all of our <laughs> all of our children and then we finally land and her and I are like shaking and we're pulling the kids out and the kids don't really know why we're so freaked out but we're trying to like keep it chill and then we get to my husband Eric who's picking us up in Jackson Hole and we were like you have no idea what just happened But that was like the epitome of chaos. And we had so many kids there. And it was as nuts as it was. We were like, thank God we had each other. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, our kids had each other and we were all together. I'm really interested to hear from you um, because you're just such a successful person in all the different areas of your life. I feel like... Mm -hmm. It's so inspiring to see how much you're juggling and now you're a mom and you're also like being so open and beautiful with Frenchie and sharing your mental health journey. And, you know, I'm a real advocate for mental health and um, my mom has schizoaffective disorder and it was just her and I growing up. I am a single child to, you know, just mom and I. Um, And so I love it when public people are so willing to show the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, You talked specifically about having a toolkit, your go-to things to tap into when things feel overwhelming, when it gets tough. I would love to hear from you, and I'm sure many listeners who are out there just listening to us speak right now, they want to know, all right, what when you feel the anxiety coming up, when you think things are feeling a bit out of control like what are those tools (laughs) what can people do so it's obviously changed being you know at home and in this pandemic like um I used to uh for a period of time right before everything I was like working nonstop. I went from like a Netflix show to a CBS show and like basically like a year like that whole year and I was going nonstop, and um I had uh, had faced my anxiety, uh, about two, probably a year before all of that happened. So I had kind Mm of, I probably had like a pretty healthy anxiety my whole life. Um, but then I love to learn about myself (laughs) and I did this book called the presence process and I became a little bit too present and (laughs) realized how much anxiety I had. Um, and so, I'm very sensitive, like I can feel things in my body and I can feel when my body is off. And so I, I, you know, would start to feel these symptoms of kind of really, really bad anxiety. And so I really faced this, this time in my life and I found this book. I, I was doing a CBS show and the makeup artist could tell I was like really not doing, doing well. 
And she was like, I think you're having a lot of anxiety. And I was like, no, there's something like going on. Like, I think there's something else happening. Like I thought I was sick with something. I just didn't know. And I was like, that was scaring me even more. And because what I had heard about anxiety was just kind of like a blanket statement. Like no one really discusses certain symptoms that you feel. And so I was just thinking the worst of my symptoms. Like it was the point where I was actually like, and you guys would understand this because you're actresses, but um, I was shooting the show and uh, I would start, I was shaking, like my body was in shock and they would say action and it would stop. And I was like in the scene, in the moment, but then they would say cut and it went back to shaking. Like it was that to that point. And so, um, so I just knew I was like, I don't know, like whatever I can do. And so my, this makeup artist was like, I'm telling you, you have to check out this book. It's called Attacking Anxiety and Depression by Lucinda Bassett. It's like super old school. She's like, I haven't had a panic attack since I was 14 years old based off of book. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'll try anything. And so it's this amazing book that's like 15 weeks long. And it's like, you do like homework and you dedicate, like to me, I always say you just dedicate 30 minutes in the morning to it. And it comes with CDs. It's so old school that you have to like, oh, have I love it. to put your CD in. But there's like these group sessions that you hear other people that are going through the exact same symptoms that you are feeling. So then you kind of start to like feel less afraid of those symptoms. And it's just something that really changed me at the time. And I think that I... Um, it also inspired me in a lot of ways to kind of go out and do things that I was afraid to do in the past. And so I, I wrote an album called Symptoms at that time, which was based off of my symptoms. Each single was like basically, you know, what I was going through. And that's when wow. I really came out and was open with everyone about how I struggle with mental health. And I think at that time, there wasn't really a lot of people speaking up about it. There was just a lot of people we heard you're losing people to it. And that made on me, I lost somebody to it um, about probably two years prior to doing that record. And he was actually my A&R at Warner Brothers Records. And so I was just like, I never even knew he dealt with that stuff. And so I'm like, Uh, we just have to start talking about it because I feel like the more we talk about it, the more it takes the stigma out of the whole, like, you know, what we think and we realize everybody kind of goes through it and goes through those periods. Mm -hmm. And it just, the people that don't talk about it are usually the most scary, you know, like that's like, that to me is, it's when you feel alone in it and true isolation. um, Yeah. And it's like, everybody deals with it at some point in their life. And so I just feel like, let's just be open. And so I have really been so happy with how many people are talking about it nowadays mm-hmm. and um even in music and so uh yeah basically I will always I go back to that book that book always helps me but I have learned to manage it's not like anxiety goes away it's just that you're able to manage it better by not being so afraid of the symptoms and I know how to set my day up for success with meditating so I meditate every morning right. And, um, and I think that while, so like the reason why I said I, I had, I was doing all this work and then obviously I stayed home for a long time. I had a really difficult time before the pandemic with staying home. I would be on hiatus for two weeks and I'd be like, oh my God, I need to go to work. Like I just hated (laughs) just being ill and home. And so it was really shocking that when the pandemic happened, I literally was like, 
okay, like we're here now. And so, you know, I've got to accept that we're home for a while. I can't be scared Mm -hmm. to just kind of be still. And so I started creating rituals, to be honest, to help me. And I've continued to do those rituals, like through pregnancy, through motherhood. Like I really rely on them. And it's, to me, it's just that I'm only going to be as good as like, you know, I'm, I, being a mom now, it's like, she's going to be happy if I'm happy, you know? So it's like, I do think that we forget ourselves, you know? And I feel like we need to make sure that we do take that time and our husbands need to make sure they understand, like there needs to be that time for ourselves. Cause Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like we can have an amazing partner who's so helpful, but they're going to really want, you know, Jupiter really wants mom a lot of the time. And so it's like, you know, I just, I'm like, okay, well now I just have to create, like, what are those rituals and how, and so basically just small things like by taking a bath at night and a bath bomb and just kind of like self-care, like self-care has become like my kind of at home spa situation. And I just love like, lighting candles and opening windows and just letting fresh air in. And so I think that those rituals really do help me. Um, and those are just like very simple things that you can like do every day where it just like sets you up for a good day. Um, and sets up, you know, like Jupiter to have a good day as well. So I think that, I think it's important that we, you know, we definitely, as much as everything, like for, for Jupiter, I'm like, Oh my God, whatever I got to do. You know, I think that there's those moments where my husband will be like, okay, you are definitely stressed. Cause you've had work and trying to balance everything. And he'll like make a bath <laughs> for me. And I'm like, Oh my God. Aww. Because he knows oh, he's showing that. up for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't pull really from sweet. an empty cup. Yeah. We say yeah. that in our that's book. True. Like yeah. we have to like, I always talk about my tree. I go back to the tree where the trunk of the tree <laughs> Oh my God. The branches. But, but wait, but then, the other day you were talking about, you were like, okay, so, so it's supposed to be like me and Mark and we're the trunk of the tree. And then like the branches, the branches are our kids and children. like all the things she's like, work. but really it's like me and the kids are the trunk. And then Mark's like a tiny little branch over He's here. He's like somewhere. a little branch <laughs> up here. He's like need for me and attention and like for me to hear oh him and God. see him. He has such a high need for that. And I'm like, Fill your own need. Like, I am meeting the needs of all these children. Like, what? Like, you're an adult. You can. And I'm like, Teresa Palmer, what are you doing? I need to nurture my relationship. Oh, my goodness. And he's so happy that that I'm talking to you about this, Sarah, because Sarah really, like, nurtures her relationship with Eric. They really take care of one another. And I'm always like, Mark, do it yourself. I'm in the middle of doing so many things for the kids. Like, you look after you. Oh my goodness. Oh my so God. I don't have that balance quite down yet in my household, but the self-care ritual, oh my goodness, I need it as well. And we call yeah. them non-negotiables in our house. Yeah. And Mark's non-negotiable is he goes to the gym. He gets to have his one hour where he goes and he trains. And for him, that just gets him out of his head. And yeah. he just finds it really inspiring. He gets quite creative when he's in that zone. And then for me, I'm like, kids are in bed. I need an hour in the bath. Exactly like what you said, my bath bomb. I listen to my podcast and I chill without anybody needing me or interrupting my bath. (laughs) No, it's so important. I feel like it's just, 
even for, yeah, my husband, like we're just big meditators. He loves meditation. So, you know, like obviously this last weekend, you know, we, it was, it, three day weekend. So you're just like going, 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 and you're going to your, you're just like, you know, on weekends, it's like, how do we entertain her? <laughs> like what can, yeah. it's really funny because my husband always is like, I'm like, it's exhausting entertaining a baby. And he's like, you go like a hundred, like you don't have to be up at that. Like I <laughs> for this girl just to make her happy. And he's like, you don't have to be at a hundred at all times, but oh it's God, like, I, love I always it. love to do activities with her. And so by the end of the weekend, it was so funny because last night, this is so typical. Our friends were going to come over to watch a movie. And after we put her down, I was just like, I'm exhausted. I have nothing in me to want to watch a movie and entertain a whole nother group of friends. And I was like, I think I'm just going to chill. And it's like good to know what those boundaries are. And even for my husband, he like, you know, we put her down and he was like, I got to go meditate. And it's like, it just is something that we, I, I'm so lucky to have, you know, such an amazing husband who has been always very supportive over me and my work and, um, and also just so like hands-on dad with, with Juju. So it's, it's really been. Oh, Juju. Awesome. That's so cute. Know, oh my God. That's such a cute name. I, yes. Well, first of all, her name just in general, Jupiter, Jupiter. is like the cutest thing ever. And I'm like, uh, I'm I feel, like, I feel like you got to write a song about it. You got to write a song about Jupiter. I want to hear you sing it. <laughs> um, and then, and then the nickname Juju. Oh my gosh. Um, so well, during the so was it over the pandemic or when you got pregnant like when did you because I watched you launch Frenchie like I I watched you launch it I I followed you through it like I look on it all the time because I'm like what products is she using because I want to use that on my face (laughs) like whatever it is so you when did when exactly did Frenchie launch and what was when you were first thinking it up were you like um, okay, I want to write a blog about what's going on in my life, or I want to put, you know, these like have a platform so that I can elevate other brands or brands that I love, or like what was the thought process behind it and what brought you there? Um, so basically, uh, when I was telling you about when I faced that anxiety and like really figured out that I was I was very stressed out um, and knew that I I had a, it had gone to a point where I had to deal with it. Um, that time at that moment, I had taken over a company that I was, was doing in beauty and it was very stressful. That was actually one of the main stressors because it was like literally just me. And I was trying to find a team to obviously put it together. And it just was, it just was way over my head because obviously I was acting still, I was doing music and trying to be a CEO of a company, which is a full-time job for someone. So I was like, I, I, I finally realized like, I just can't do it. I can't do it all. I can't. And when I say I did everything, I would be like in the makeup trailer, like putting in discount codes for Shopify. <laughs> like it was like, oh my god! like it didn't have <gasps> nothing. It was just me. And so, um, that's in, first of all, I know exactly what that means. Yes. And that's a lot. It's that so is a much. Lot. It's so much. And so I really had all this pressure and I, I said to myself, what is my fear? And the fear was obviously failing. And you know what? I, mm. I did. I failed at it. I, and I had that moment where I cried and I was like, okay, like I'm going to let this all out. I'm going to cry it out. But at that moment, I was like, I am uninspired. 
in, in many ways of products and stuff. And I was just like, I, I think that to me, what I did with that was I went on a journey of trying to find out what was going on with me. And that was a long journey. That was meeting with holistic doctors. Mm-hmm. That was meeting with, you know, regular physicians, trying to find out what was wrong with me when it turned out to just be anxiety and the stress that I was under. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting because I let that go and I just had focused on my acting at that time. And then while I was doing that, I was like, you know, like I really want a platform where I can share all of the information that I had like gone through this journey and yeah, and have access to these experts. And I was just like, I really want to share that on a platform. Um, just because like, I don't know if people like it's for me, I felt like what I knew about, uh, you know, non-toxic products or just holistic is that it just feels like very one way or the other. And I'm all about balance. So I was just like, there really wasn't anything to me that was whenever I met with someone, like I would go meet with like, you know, all these different doctors and everyone had a different diet of what they thought was the diet to be on. Like one was vegan, one was well, you know, you know, moderation, like one was like, I think paleo, it was like all of these different things. And so (laughs) we just kind of realized, like, I think it is all about moderation. And I think that, you know, for me, I tried being vegan, but I, um, I ended up being anemic. So I was like, okay, so I can't be vegan, even though I don't, you know, like I would rather, but I was like, well, if I could dedicate a day to being vegan, that's, that's important to me. And so we all have different body types and everything works differently for all of us. And so I just wanted to create a platform where I could share all that information. And I felt like I have been on this journey of like self-discovery and I'm constantly loving to like learn more about myself and my body. And I think I started that when I married my husband, whose name is Chris French. And so I was like, oh, like. I've always kept, even though I've been in front of social media for like, you know, obviously like since Instagram started, um, (laughs) I've always been able to separate somehow where it's like those boundaries where I let in only so much, but not everything. And Mm -hmm. I felt like this was the first time I was getting very personal with my audience. And so I felt like I've always separated like, okay, me as you know, as an actress and, you know, like that's Ashley Tisdale and at home I'm Ashley French. And so I felt like it was letting people in on who I was at home and what my body goes through and what I've gone through. And so I named it Frenchie. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. I, I was actually going to ask you where the name came from. So I'm so glad that you um, said that because yeah. it's such a cute name. And by the way, your logo is so cute. I want it on a sweatshirt. Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> It's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the merch? <laughs> yeah. Give me that. Give me that merch. It's like it has like a 1970s vibe. Like I want to throw on like a French sure. sweatshirt and like put on some bell bottoms and like roller skate. That's yes. what we want to do. That's so our style. Um, no, I mean, it's it's been so amazing. And I think what I was really excited about was that I was creatively inspired again and mm. I hadn't felt that way for a while. So, um, and we do, you know, I can't talk much about it yet, but we do have products coming and it's been such an amazing experience just being able to, it's, it's just like, I've 
developed it the entire time I've been home. And it's like, you know, what an amazing way to spend your first year of your baby's life of being able to work from home and do all these things. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited and it is coming out soon, but, um, but it's been such a, such a journey. And I feel like, you know, I love that I get to share other people's stories like on Frenchie and, um, that's been really, you know, I, I think that Frenchie is just, a has such a great community that's, that really wants to learn more about all of these things. Cause I feel like when we talk about non-toxic, we obviously think about products and what's in our products, but we can be very toxic to ourselves. And so that's also kind of like the main theme there is, is why we talk about mental health of just really starting with self-love. And, mm-hmm. um, I had actually had explanted my implants at the time that I had launched, like right before I launched Frenchie. And I, I knew it was so funny cause it was just years in the making. It's amazing how life is and how, how like when you think something's really bad and you like such an amazing platform of like what I created and and having this community came from something Mm. that I thought I failed at. And so I always Mm. am someone who believes like, don't, it's really how you get back up. You know, it's really how Mm -hmm. you get back up from, from feeling. Cause it's sometimes you don't even really like realize that it's just kind of you putting this pressure on yourself and that it's okay. And it's actually leading you to something even better. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think this has been kind of years in the making and I realized I'm going to have to share like real stories, like real vulnerable stories. And I love doing that because as you guys know, like talking to a journalist and interviews, like things get twisted and, and, you know, becomes a headline that you don't really have control over. And so I get to share like, why I did, you, and you know, get why to curate I got it. implants in the first place and like why yeah. I felt like I explant them and like just... I wanted to ask you about that because when I first was thrust into this industry it happened really quickly for me and mm-hmm. I felt like at a such a young age such an impressionable age in my early 20s and I know you became mega famous at a super young age and um, I have never experienced that kind of like stratosphere of fame. That's just next level. Um, but even my little version of it, when I was starting to come up in movies, I felt so, um, I felt like I had to show up and be this certain story. Right. I, I was like the narrative of how people saw me and how I should look physically. And there was a a celebration of like my, my physicality. And I, I felt like I would get cast in these movies and they'd doll me up and they'd talk about my body. And I would have these push up bras on and I'd have these tiny little skinny jeans on and it'd be about like working out and going to the gym and they're getting you a trainer for this. And you know, you're like eye bags. My eye bags got talked about a lot when I was younger. <laughs> like I remember I had a very famous director <laughs> that I worked with be like you've obviously like you're allergic to something because your dark circles are very very dark and the DP doesn't know what to do with them and we're going to have to build an entire light box around you and could you stop eating maybe it's the gluten like I think you should try going on a gluten-free diet and I was like yes I should I'm so sorry I didn't even realize like and it was (laughs) such a focus on the physical that I ended up developing unhealthy eating a re- unhealthy relationship to food and what I was eating and everything became hyper-controlled and 
I was so anxious about making sure I looked a certain way that all of a sudden I realized like, I don't love this anymore. I don't like it. In fact, I have such a negative feeling surrounding my career that I had to take a break. I just sort of left for a beat and turned inwards and started to do like took a personal inventory and took a look at myself and realized like, oh my gosh, I just have to cultivate self-love and acceptance and I am enough just the way I am. So when I hear you talk about like you got implants and like this is something that happened, was that born out of this idea that you had to physically look a certain way in order to be accepted in this industry? You know, that actually wasn't. I had actually very early on when I was working on Disney, um, I had a kind of an identity crisis because they did like chop off my hair and bleach it blonde and, and straighten it. And I was like, who am I at? Like at a pretty young age, I was like, I think at that point I, I felt like, Oh, was I not good enough before? Like why, Mm. why, why was my dark curly hair like not acceptable, you know? And, Mm. um, And so, and it wasn't even Disney that was doing that. It was really just a producer on the show that like had her vision of what my character looked like. And I didn't realize that I had a say actually back then. And, and I remember one of the the president of Disney was like, oh, do you love it? Because you wanted to do it? And I was like, no, I didn't like, like it was that type of like, (laughs) I had no idea that I had a say in what I looked like. I was like, I maybe might've not done this, but it was like, so I think I felt that then, but the implant stuff really like, you know, I, I obviously like, I was a cheerleader on the show for CW for a while. So it's like, yes, like you're, you know, you want your body to look a certain way, but I think it was more like I had a really bad relationship and that relationship was, um, you know, he, he was a perfectionist and he was a, a, a music video director. And it was just very like, I felt like I was seeing myself through his eyes in a weird way. And that like, I mm. felt like I needed to be a certain like person for him maybe. And it was more mm. of like, just, just that lack of like, just insecurity of myself and thinking I wasn't enough for the relationship. And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely can understand the, the business part about it. Um, I feel like it was more, I think like for me, I, I've, I accepted at that time when I was younger, when I had gone through that like hair transformation, that it was just like, okay, I think the hardest thing for me, I would say that is that people expect me to be like my character. And that mm. has been a story that has been a long story. And it's really uh, like, it's really people like being like, well, come on, like, why aren't you blonde again? And like, you know, I sometimes will have like blonder hair and stuff, but I, I don't think I'll like really ever go back to that like real platinum blonde because it's just not really it's hard to keep up with it breaks my hair and it's like I'd rather have healthy hair (laughs) but um I do think that that to me has been something that I've realized over time that I've also had to let go and that's like what I'm saying like this whole season of letting go I've let I've let go of a lot of things and um I think one of those things is just like this story of like what people want from me and being like, well, this is who I am. And being like, I think that because I have such self-love and that when I realized I didn't need those explants anymore, or like I didn't need those implants and I explanted, I was like, I'd rather be like 
I don't know what I'm going to look like after this explant, but I was like, I'd rather look like that. And yes, I'm going to have scars, but those are part of the journey. And yeah, I just had so much love for myself. And I, I, I finally oh. reached that point where I was just like, I don't need this anymore. Like this is part of an old story of mine that is mm. just not healthy. And like, why did I feel like I needed to do that? And I think that plastic surgery in general has always been something that I've felt that like you can change tons of different things, but like, you're never going to change that insecurity. Like that insecurity will still be there. Like you do have to get to a point where you really love yourself because I just feel like that's, that's also just something that I, I have a difficult time because I'm like, you know, obviously I have a niece who's 12 and I see social media and I'm like, Ooh, I see all these girls trying to look a certain way and and be a certain way. And I'm like, I've had experience there. I, I, I understand. I've been one of those girls where I've like wanted to change myself, but I'm so glad I didn't go down like a real far hole there because it's like, you really learn that like, as you get older, you're like, I don't want to look like everybody else. <laughs> like I, yeah, how I do look and I like being myself. And so I think it'd be like, maybe there was part of the business that made me feel a little bit like that, but I also think it was just more like who I was around. I would say the, for me, my journey in the business was just, I had a hard time trusting people like a lot, Mm -hmm. like just trusting Mm -hmm. why people would hang out with me or even date me or just like want, um, I had a lot of people around me that I felt was, um, that when I started, when I actually, when I got with my husband, I started to realize like, oh, this is what love is. And that other feeling of people just kind of hanging out with you just to hang out with you to like be seen in pictures. insincere. You're like, oh, that's fake. That's not real. So it's like, it just, I started to really get inspired by my relationship and with my husband and then really like figure out who those people were in my life and kind of, you know, um, yeah, just kind of, I think, go through that journey. I remember crying one time because, um, I, my, me, we had gotten engaged, me and my husband and I really like, it was like so personal, you know, like that's a personal thing I would like, would not share on Instagram was that I got engaged, but it got leaked. And I was like, who would do this? Like, uh, like I only told a certain amount of friends. So I was like, who, mm-hmm. who would say, uh. who would say something? And so obviously everyone was like trying to get a picture of the ring and stuff. And I would always hide it. And then there was this one time where I was out and I, for sure did not know how they even would know where I was. And so it's like that feeling of people like, you're like, who did you? It just feels horrible. It feels, yeah, it just, it doesn't feel right. And so I think that to me, I, um, I'm so grateful that I have such amazing friends that I, you know, like that are genuine and real and, that I have an amazing husband who inspired a lot of that, you know, because I think Mm. we all go through those times in our twenties where we're like hanging out with people that are just like, just hanging out for fun, you know? And it's just like, Oh yeah. And I've heard like, I think I've heard, I've read some, something once about the psychology of like fame and when you become famous and you become this name, (laughs) this name is synonymous with like, the narrative that people think like, oh, Ashley Tisdale is this girl. Like, this is what she's like. But then it's, it's all almost this idea of splitting. Well, there's the Ashley Tisdale, like what you're saying. Then there's like me, 
who am I in all of this? Like, how can these things coexist? And oftentimes that's so confusing for people who get really super famous. And I found it really interesting reading these articles that a lot of famous people, they, they do this like idea of the splitting where it's like, well, that's the, that's the persona, but the real mm-hmm. me beneath here is like what I like to keep to myself or I only show a few people but what I really appreciate with you is that you said you know what like I know that I can be open and I can actually like peel back the layers and show people like hey this real person exists in this idea of who I am like this is my authentic self yeah and that like beautiful person you are going to be such an inspiration to people that it's okay to have vulnerability and it's okay to like be open about flaws or insecurities or hard times like we need more people in your position because you have a voice and you have a platform and you are willing to go there and say look at this like this happens to me too and you are not alone if it's happening to you you're not alone yeah. And I yeah. love that. It's breaking down those barriers. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, no, it's amazing. And and we're um, big fans of Frenchie. And if you guys haven't checked it out, it's F-R-E-N-S-H-E. Is that right? Yes. Did I say that right? Dot com? Yes. Oh, and just so you know, um, it's Bayo Baby, right? Yeah. You know that we're like, that is literally since day one – there was one moment where we ran out and my husband was like, we need to order more. But that is, oh my God, uses that's, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I just got really sweaty and hot. No, it's and, uh, I get excited. That's what happens to me. That is so sweet. Oh, that makes me so happy. I will, anytime you want, let me know. She and said, I you will are getting a package forever. In the mail. <laughs> Here it comes. That makes me so happy because, um, like you, I was inspired as a new mom and I, you know, wanted to create a line and, um, of things that were clean and organic and wonderful. And, um, so to, to hear any time that a person writes us, a customer who says, oh my gosh, I love this product so much. It means the world to me and, and to my partners because we're just like, yes, you know, this is, this well, is why we did it. What's so great so. about the baby bump is that I love that it's clear because we can always tell if there's a rash or something, you know, like with the, yeah. it's like always residue and you can't really, but I, and she has never like really had a rash. So I, you know, oh, I attribute guys. And, and so I love Bayo Baby. It's, it's uh, it smells so good to me. So, yeah. Well, I use it every so day much. on oh. all the all the parts of my body. <laughs> so like good. my poor baby doesn't even get it. I'm like, no, I'm like, I know. I, it's so funny. I'll send a package to Teresa and I'm like, this is for you. And then this is for the kids, you know. I know. It's and so we, we just launched a lip and cheek tent that I have to send you oh um, because it's so awesome. And it makes like life really easy. It's just like a whip it on the cheeks, whip, whip it on the lips. and. I mean, I'm yeah, still going to cut this great. out, Sarah, but literally my husband, when I told him that you're going to be next door, and he was like, cool, we'll knock on our door. <laughs> we are not going to be knocking on our door for product. That's how much you can <laughs> totally do it. You could totally oh do God. it. She would be stoked. I'm so excited. That'll be yep. a little house. We're going to have, 
There'll be a basket. We're totally going to party. I'm so <laughs> excited. We'll get all the chill, all the 40 children together. For real. So you guys can follow um, Ashley's company at Frenchie. And it's on Instagram. It's at Frenchie, right? And then it's Frenchie.com, F-R-E-N-S-H-E. Um, obviously, we know where to find her on Instagram with her amazing uh, videos and posts and everything. You're such an inspiration. Thank you so much for doing our podcast we cannot wait for everybody to be able to hear it and then we will link all of the things that you have going on and we are very impatiently awaiting whatever it is that you're about to launch that's very exciting (laughs) you're the best I felt so safe and uh, and what a great space to to talk about these things oh Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 